السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته الحمد لله الحمد لله وحده والصلاة والسلام على ملا نبي بعده أما بعد قال الله تبارك وتعالى في القرآن المجيد والفرقان الحميد أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم سبحان الذي أسرى بعبده ليلا من المسجد الحرام إلى المسجد الأقصى الذي باركنا حوله لنريه من آياتنا إنه هو السميع البصير قال تبارك وتعالى إذا زلزلت الأرض زلزالها وأخرجت الأرض أثقالها وقال الإنسان ما لها وقال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم لا يؤمن أحدكم حتى يحب لأخيه ما يحب لنفسه أو كما قال عليه الصلاة والتسليم صدق الله العظيم وصدق رسوله النبي الكريم ونحن على ذلك لمن الشاهدين والشاكرين والحمد لله رب العالمين Mayimuz beloved ulama ikram Hufaz elders and brothers and all those that are received, listening over the receivers all praise is due to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala who is our creator our nourisher our sustainer and provider whom we are totally dependent on we have to keep reminding ourselves that we are totally and wholly dependent on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Nothing happens in this world without the permission of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Whether it's us as individuals, you cannot blink your eye, you cannot take a step, you cannot take a breath in or out. Whether it's the leaf on the tree that's falling, whether it's the mountains that are shifting, any system of the world, whether it's the sun rising, whether the rain that's falling, everything is totally dependent on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He is khaliq, everything else is makhluk. We are totally helpless and dependent. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is independent. He doesn't need us. We are totally in need of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Peace and salutations be upon our beloved Master Nabi Karim sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, whom Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has sent as a mercy to the universes وَمَا أَرْسَلْنَاكَ إِلَّا رَحْمَةً لِلْعَالَمِينَ Rasulullah was sent as a mercy and somebody was a mercy means we should follow him he will guide us and he will take us to our eternal salvation and if we have to follow any other lifestyle and follow anybody else then we are going to go off track and we will not be guided we will not get the eternal salvation that we want we are very fortunate that Allah has made us from the reciters of this kalima. We believe in this Allah. We believe in Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi We made dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to give us the ability and the tawfiq of uh, emulating and following his footsteps. Today is the 26th of Rajab. Inshallah, tonight will be the 27th of Rajab. And usually around this time of the year, the incident of Mi'raj is remembered. After Maghrib tonight, Hazrat Mulana Abdul Ahmad Shohan Damad Barakatum will be giving a program in this masjid. So brothers requested inshallah to come and benefit from these gatherings that are taking place. You know we are very fortunate, maybe to digress a bit. We are so fortunate here in our country, even here in Durban. There are so many programs that take place and the ulama mashallah make sacrifices and they come and share the majalis that takes place, zikr programs, this program, that program. Sometimes we take it for granted. We don't underestimate the value and how significant and important it is for us personally, not for somebody else. 
when we hear of these programs, ulama coming to our masjid, this program taking place, sometimes there's a jamaat that's there, sometimes the ulama have come, there's a special program, like example, tonight is a program after Maghrib. Don't take it for granted and maybe don't even think that this program is for somebody else. Each one of us should think, hey, this, how lucky we are, this program that's taking place in my masjid, it's for me, let me see how I can benefit. With that intention, inshallah, we'll go for these programs. And as I said, don't take it for granted. Many other parts of the world, they are deprived of ulama, they're deprived of hafaz, and uh, you know they wait and they're thirsty for these type of programs. So if we show our you know, ungratitude, we are ungrateful for these type of programs by not participating, not giving it that respect and honor, and taking the time and making the sacrifice, then Allah forbid that these type of gatherings we are deprived of. If the program takes place, you say, you know what, I missed the program. Some of us say, we think we're proud about it. I was relaxing at home. I wasn't a part of the program. You think you missed out. The loser is not the program or the speaker. The loser is ourselves. We have to actually sometimes think what type of guna, what type of sins that I've committed, that I've been deprived of being part of that program or that gathering or that zikr majlis that was taking place. That is for us. And I have been deprived. I was sitting at home. I didn't have a legitimate and a valid excuse. So it's some type of uh, uh, deprivation. I have been deprived. Don't think I have escaped. And sometimes also we tell the brothers, mashallah, when there's a jamaat that comes, you know, you escape. They made alan that after salah, there's a program taking place. So quietly we escape from the back. And say, you know, you escape, you escape from the program that is taking place. We have been deprived. The program never lose out anything. They don't need us. Remember that the deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala doesn't need us. We need the deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So just on that point of the program, inshallah, after Maghrib tonight, let's try and make an intention. Participate. I was looking at the board before I came. Also, I see, mashallah, during the week, the zikr program that's taking place on this night. I'm not sure. I think on a Wednesday or Tuesday night that takes place here. Check on the board and try and see how I can work around my schedule so that I can benefit. You know, if somebody has to tell us, you know, there is a, um, somebody is going to give you lots of money, go for nothing, you give you a thousand rand, two thousand rand, or they're giving some chow, free chow, hey, there'll be queues outside, people will go because they see, now I'm, I'm getting, somebody's giving thousand rand, how can I deprive myself? You'll make all the adjustments and the plan to be there at that place because you're going to get thousand rand, or you're going to get a free chow, whatever benefit you see, you make all the arrangements so that you don't miss that particular program. Now think about it now, when that alim or that program that's taking place, we are making arrangements to skip. How we have, our mindset has changed. When the thousand rand is being distributed, do you make a plan to see how you can miss the program, or the distribution of the collect, or do you make a plan to see how you can get that thousand? Make a plan to see how you can get that. So when these programs are taking place, change, let's change our mindset, inshallah. And every, the more we go, the more you're going to benefit. If every time somebody says you go, you're going to get thousand rand, what you, next time you're going to come, you get again, you'll make sure you're there the next time. You say, no problem, the more you come, the every time you come, you're going to get, you'll make sure every time you're there. So every week this program is taking place, the more we go, it's more beneficial for us. That is our uh, benefit. And that's what's going to help us in the hereafter. And that's what's going to be our investment. May Allah give us the tawfiq, inshallah. Now coming back to the discussion, to Mi'araj, inshallah, Mawlana will be spending more time this evening, but I want to link it to a very contemporary and try and see how we can link it to an incident that has taken place. 
about two weeks ago in Turkey there was a massive massive earthquake but for us to understand when you talk about an earthquake what does it mean you say in, in, in Turkey they haven't seen this type of earthquake for the past two three hundred years on the Richter scale if you have to measure like to us in simple terms if you go and stand on a scale the heavier you are the, the scale the, the, the reading is going to go higher so in earthquake terms also they measure the earthquakes and if it's three or four on that scale then it's light it's minor there's no real damage but when it goes above six and a half seven and a half then it's regarded as a major earthquake and to understand the context of it the earthquake that took place in a tsunami those of us who are that age will remember in 2004 there was an earthquake in Indonesia and that we remember it as a tsunami the background of the tsunami was an earthquake that took place and the measurement of that earthquake was 9.1 on the Richter scale and the amount of people that lost lives in that tsunami was over 200,000 over 200,000 people lost their lives the largest earthquake that has ever been recorded that these are scientists but it's nice for us to know this terminology but for us we reflect on the majesty and greatness and the power of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala all the time. The largest earthquake that has been ever recorded was in Chile in the year 1960. It was 9.4 uh, uh, if I'm not mistaken, the Richter scale. The entire place called Valdivia. Alhamdulillah, Allah gave us two feet, we went there. But that was the largest earthquake. Now this earthquake that in, in Turkey that took place is nine, uh, 7.8 and then very few minutes later, of a few hours later, 7.5, two major earthquakes at once. Now what, what happens when an earthquake takes place is the, 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 the land starts shifting. In simple terms, there's plates. The earth is made up of these plates. And when there's a slip, when there's a slip in the land, then there's an earthquake that takes place, these waves that come. Now this earthquake then doesn't just take place on the surface, the ground. 17 kilometers, 17.8 kilometers down, this fault line takes place. Where this earth shifts, we call that the fault line. And how long was this fault line? We say, okay, for example, you have to picture this and understand the, the, the severity of the situation. If this building is shaking, so we say, okay, there's a 50 meter or how many, 20 meters, uh, um, this building is shaking, the ground is shaking, and this building collapses. Now imagine for 100 kilometers, 100 kilometers, that means if you look at distance from here, from Sikau Lake, going way past Stanger. Stanger is 75 kilometers. Go past Stanger. That's how much the fault line is. That's how much of the earth is shaking. Now, if you're going from here to Stanger, maybe you'll say, okay, there's sugarcane plantations, some part of it. No, they will not. Now, if that takes place, the earth starts shaking, where it's a highly in a dense area. There's buildings, massive buildings there. Gaziantep and these kind of cities, people got airports. And this, where the, 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 the epicenter, where the main, like the height of this earthquake takes place, you go 100 kilometers fault line. So southern Turkey going into Syria, this was how long this earthquake. And to understand this, massive buildings coming down, crashing, all people were not prepared. They went to sleep at night, thinking like next day is going to be a normal day, we're going to wake up and 20,000, 30,000 people. Like they imagine a whole Durban, the buildings, Allah forbid. But I'm trying to picture, paint a picture for us to understand 
This is not, I was telling the children the other days when we were talking about this, it's not like a movie, you understand a movie, you think, this is a reality of what has happened in Turkey currently. A building, massive buildings coming down, crushing with these rock, uh, these slabs. If you got a 15-story building, ask the engineer now to put the, maybe they would have cut corners in a certain way, but all of those things. But even if you cut corners to put these buildings, how much of cement you need, how much of steel you need, stones, bricks, all that coming down, crushing on another people over and the cities have been demolished and damaged. What can any human being or any machinery do to stop that from happening? Nothing. You can do zero. You can't do anything to stop that from happening. But the lesson, and that is what I want to talk about today, and link it to this incident of Mi'raj that we're talking about. Firstly, the incident of Mi'raj, so coming back now, I gave a little bit of a science lesson. I hope, inshallah, it wasn't too over our heads. But also to under, just to understand the, 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 the effect it has, it changed the entire landscape of not only Turkey, the whole sort of, not only that part where the earthquake took place, the entire area. You see, there's a place where there was like an olive uh, um, plantation, olive plantation. Now the earth has split such that the whole geographic, no, they have to draw a whole plan now to change this thing because the land has split such that about for 300 meters, 300 meters, there's a massive canyon, like a canyon has formed, a massive 40 meters down. This building from here to there is, let's say, 5 meters or 4 meters. Go up 40 meters, 40 meters down, the earth has split 300, kilometer, 300 meters. When you come there, you know, once upon a time it was your plantation. Now you see this massive... 40 meter deep, wide, I don't know how wide it is, but 300 meter long gap in the earth. How do, this is the Qudrat of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So coming back, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions a verse of the Quran. And coming back to Mi'raj, he says when the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, before being taken on the Mi'raj, there was some difficulties that he went through. One, I'm not going to go into all the details because of time limitations. One was, um, uh, he was ostracized in the valley of Abu Talib, Shem Abu Talib. And subsequent to that, he lost his beloved uncle who was his pillar of support, Abu Talib. And not, not very long after that, he lost his beloved wife, Hazrat Khadija radiallahu ta'ala anha. He lost two very close and dear people to him because remember at that time, he started the dawah alone. He wasn't have big people and sahaba around him so the small people and uh, the few people around him were huge pillars of support and to lose them it really put him in a very difficult situation and that's why it was known as Amul Huzan Amul Huzan the year of grief and to, over and above that he went to Taif this incident we know also I'm not going to go into the details I'm just sort of um, uh, pointing towards it he went to Taif and when he went to Taif, we know what happened there. Instead of the people hosting him and being kind to him, they started pelting stones on him and you know, blood started flowing from his body. That incident also took place. So, subsequent to that, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wanted to honor and give respect to Rasulullah subhanahu wa ta'ala cover up for the difficulties that he had to endure and go through. And out of honor, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave Rasulullah this, this mi'raj that we're talking about. So the ulama say that in this surah, surah Al-Nashra, 
Allah says, Inna ma'al usri yusra. Inna ma'al usri yusra. That with every difficulty, the word for difficulty in Arabic is usr. It's nice for us also when we're reading our surahs. Alhamdulillah, we learned surahs when we were five years old. Surah Fatiha, now we're 45 years old and 50 years old. At least we should take out a little bit of time and an initiative to understand what we are reading. Maybe not the deeper tafsir, but when we're standing in salah and you're saying to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Alhamdulillah, Rabbil Alameen, Ihdinas. What are we saying to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? When you're reading Alam Nashrah, Laka Sadrak, now inna, maybe inshallah today we learn one ayah, what's the meaning of it? Inna ma'al usri yusra. With every difficulty, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will inshallah give you ease. With difficulty comes ease. Rasulullah went through this difficulty. But after that, the ease of the mi'raj came and this journey came. Now thinking it, I was saying, I'm trying to link this mi'raj to some of the current situations and I gave you this whole science lesson on uh, earthquakes. The people of Turkey are really going through difficulties. And us also every day, we're going through difficulties. There are 100, 200 people sitting here. Everybody got their own usr. Somebody maybe got health usr, diabetic, heart problem, this health issues. Somebody got some financial usr, some financial difficulty he is going through. Somebody got domestic issues, wife and husband issues. Whatever, every person got their own usr, their own difficulties. We always remember that with, after that usr, there is usr, there is ease. But it's important for us to remind ourselves that this usr, we should not be dependent and rely on any human being. Yes, maybe Allah can use a human being, but the usr will come from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So Allah puts us certain times in certain situations. It's actually a blessing because He wants us to get closer to Him. He wants us to get closer to Him because if you weren't put in that, that small test, small difficulty sometimes you go through, then you would have carried on your life and maybe gone further and distant away from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So He puts us in the small usr, small difficulty to get back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So actually it's like a blessing in disguise. So that is very, very important. The mi'araj of inna ma'al usri, first lesson. Inna ma'al usri yusra. And for us, talked about Turkey, but important for us, these stories that we talk about, we have to see how can it relate to me in my life? What lesson can I learn? So from the mi'araj, we are learning the lesson of inna ma'al usri yusra. Secondly, also linking it to Turkey, what happened there, and also for us, Nothing is impossible for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Our minds are extremely limited. We are like a, um, a small um, ant in this massive abilities and kudra of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We are incapable. We, have, we think you know, we reach the moon or we have this technology or we have so much of money in our banks or we know this doctor or this lawyer there or we build this building. We think we know we have much and we know much. And then when the question sometimes the qudrat of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the greatness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. From Mi'raj, Rasulullah was taken. Rasulullah was taken on this buraq and he went from Masjid al-Haram in Makkah to Masjid al-Aqsa in Jerusalem and from there to the seven heavens and wherever the incident goes, nothing is impossible for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. For us, 
Everything looks difficult and not, not, not practical, not possible, whatever word you want to use. But the lesson of Mi'raj, linking it to Turkey, Allah's Qudrat. Allah is all able. He does how He wants. He can do with means, without means. And we can take whatever precautions we want. Ultimately, it is in the Qudrat and the power of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to do as He wills. Whether it's security, whether it's business, whether it's your health and family, whatever. Adopt the means by all. Don't ever, like our deen teaches us to put our trust in Allah, tie our camels and put our trust in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Like now they're talking about in Turkey, now they're blaming the engineers, the building they put, and how many buildings are safe, and you go to Istanbul, now they're predicting and whatever, whatever. Yes, we also need to take our precautions. But ultimately, we put our tie on a camel, but oh Allah, you are responsible. Our full faith is on you. You can do with means, you can do without means, and Allah can do against means as well. Do not question the qudrat and the greatness and the power of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We cannot doubt that also. So that's the second lesson of Mi'araj linking it to Turkey and how in our lives. Right? The greatness of Allah, nothing is impossible for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Thirdly, is about uh, testifying, you know, believing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. When Allah says in the Quran, إِذَا زُلْزِلَتِ الْأَرْضُ زِلْزَالَهَا The earth will be shaken. When Allah says in the Quran, وَتَكُونُ الْجِبَالُكَ الْعِهْنِ الْمَنْفُوشِ He says that this huge mountain one day is going to come down crushing like snowflakes. We're reading this thing, then we might think, how is that going to happen? Rasulullah came back from the Mi'raj and he told the Sahaba that I went to Jerusalem and Masjid Al-Aqsa and I went to the heavens. Some of the people, they said, this is a good opportunity to, to deny the Prophet of Rasulullah to question him and to doubt him and to make a mockery of him like Abu Jahal. <laughs> you went to Jerusalem and Masjid Al-Aqsa, how can you have gone there in a small portion of the night? So they began to doubt and they went to Abu Bakr radiallahu anh, and they see you, you're talking about Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, look at what he is claiming. He without a shadow of doubt, without questioning, did Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam say that? Yes, immediately I believe it. Without a shadow of doubt. So any aspect of deen, without any shadow of doubt, our minds are limited. We should bring iman and let from Abu Bakr radiallahu anh, believe the Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. That is a true friend also. Our friend is Allah. Our friend should be Rasulullah sallallahu They are our greatest well-wishes. We should believe everything they say from the deep bosoms. Have yaqeen and conviction on that. So that was the third very important lesson for us with regards to this mi'araj and how we can bring it in our lives. And the fourth and final one, there are so many, so many, I just thought for this platform and the time that we have, I'll share these four with you, is about this aspect of salah. My dear brothers, we're talking about salah every day, in and out. The masjid is, mashallah, is full. There's 300 people, 400 people. We have to start taking salah seriously and make it part of and parcel of our lives. And just as have worry and concern for ourselves, I'm here, mashallah, for Jummah. Asr time, will I be here in the masjid? Maghrib time, tomorrow is weekend, will I be here? But together with that, how many, what percentage of the Ummah is on the most important gift of Mi'raj 
Allah to Rasulullah to the heavens and gave him this gift of salah. All other aspects of deen, they're important. But if we are not going to bring practically alive this teaching of deen in our lives, make it integral, non-compromised, non-negotiable, and make effort on our neighborhood. How can we increase the Musalli population in our masjid? It's not the job of one jamaat to do this, one group, they must go and invite people and talk to the people about the importance of salah. Have each one of us, Allah made us Muslim, recited this kalima, how can I play a role? Have that worry, like Rasulullah had that worry, Azizul, Azizul, Miljal, you know, like they say, like in his chest was this burning, or like a kettle that's boiling. You know, destroy yourself for the people. Worry and concern. We are Ummatis of Rasulullah We are here for salah. Make intention, we're going to make all our salahs, inshallah, in the masjid, and we'll make effort to improve the quality of our salah. Together with that, our neighborhood and locality, our friends down the road, we do business with them, our neighbors, our family, close and distant family members, have the genuine worry and concern to bring them also to the masjid, inshallah, because that is the gift of salah that was given to Rasulullah So with those few words, may Allah give me and all of us the ability and tawfiq of practicing on whatever has been said. Just to summarize, I gave a little bit of a scientific explanation about earthquakes and in the context of Turkey, and I spoke about four important lessons of Mi'raj. Number one was the lesson of uh, the innama al-usr yusra where difficulty comes ease number two about not questioning the kudrat of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala nothing impossible for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala number three having that close contact and belief uh, uh, whatever Allah and His Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam has said like Abu Bakr they believed and fatly about the importance of salah and bringing it alive in our lives just one quick announcement before we did our sunnahs we see mashallah our brothers are coming but we find some type of an issue and a sickness that is coming in our communities and we have making it a habit. Now and again, if we have an issue, we come late. Alhamdulillah, Allah has made it such that you still came for salah. But every week we come late for the Jummah salah is not a good habit. Let's try inshallah to try and come. We know the Jummah salah time is fixed. Azan goes at 10 past 12 and I spoke about it take, not taking for granted the important rule and the advices that the ulama are sharing. So let's try inshallah to try and come early for our Jummah Salah. Person gets the greatest reward. This is the Jummah. We give it that ahamiyat, that respect it deserves by coming early inshallah. Secondly, when the khutbah is taking place, the khutbah is like in Salah. When we're reading Salah, we're not allowed to talk. We're not allowed to fidget. You can't even tell somebody, make salam to somebody or keep quiet. Like how you cannot do it in Salah. So the khutbah is like a dhikr. Yes, it is in Arabic. You may not understand it, but if some of us, inshallah, make an effort, we'll try and understand it, but we have to give it that respect. So we should not be engaging in any type of conversations and talks at that time. And just as a reminder before I conclude, tonight after Maghrib, Hazrat Mawlana Chahana Sahib will be giving the bayan on the significance and importance of Mi'arat. Let's try and attend, inshallah. May Allah give us the tawfiq of practicing. Wa akhiru da'wana. Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen.